What's up, guys? Welcome back to another daily Bible reading snapshot. Today, we're looking at Exodus 27 and 28, and then we're finishing Matthew 21 in the New Testament. Now, as you look at today's text, I want you to be reminded of something very important, that God has given us his inspired word. God did not give us any pictures. Now, that doesn't mean to say that the Bible doesn't describe anything in picture form, because clearly we get a lot of description in today's reading that really paint a picture for us. But I want you to remember that God did not give us any paintings to understand his word. No, he gave us his word. So as you read today, you might look at it and think, this would be a lot easier if I just got a picture of this. Well, good news for you is you live in a day when many Christians before you have looked at these descriptions and painted pictures for you. Maybe not actually painted, but maybe they've drawn pictures or they've even used computers to generate what this looked like and the size of things. So as you read today, I don't want you to just read and say, okay, great. Now I know how many cubits the, 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 the bronze altar was. Well, I want you to take one step further. Grab a study Bible, maybe look it up online, use Logos if you have Logos. Look up what these things look like, and I want you to see it. A lot of times they're better when we see what we're, what we're reading. And this description, although it might feel dry, I want you to also remember what we talked about yesterday, that God cares about the details. Also, I want you to be impressed by the fact that God can preserve a picture much better with words than he can with an actual picture. Imagine if Moses painted a picture and everyone just tried to copy his picture. After a long time, it would just be a terrible looking picture. It would hardly be recognizable. But if you have words and phrases and letters, it'd be a lot easier for you to copy it down and have it well preserved. Well, that's how God did it. So be amazed at this, that God did it this way. So we see descriptions on the bronze altar, the cord of the tabernacle, the oil for the lamps, and then chapter 28 is all about the priestly garments, which are described in a lot of detail with colors and things like that. So make sure you look up what they look like because it will be very impressive to you that God has given such detailed, careful instructions about how to make these garments. And I think another thing it shows is that God's worshipers, especially these, these priests who did a lot of the work, they were supposed to be, you know, dressed really well. They're supposed to be at their very best because they were doing something important. Everything about this screams important, important, important. This is very important. So that's what you should take away from the worship of God. Know that the worship of God is very, very important. So that's our Old Testament reading. Today we're looking at the end of Matthew 21. So the same idea that we talked about yesterday with the fig tree is going to continue to come up as he's talking about the fig tree. Really, the first couple verses are, are the response to the fig tree because we see Jesus going to the temple and the chief priests and elders said, who gave you this authority to say stuff like this? Who gave you this authority? So Jesus says, okay, um, where did John the Baptist get his authority from? From heaven, from God, or from mankind? Is he just uh, on his own? And they talk about this with each other, but they don't want to admit that, that his power came from heaven because Jesus is going to say, why didn't you listen to him? But if they say, well, his authority came from man, they're afraid of the crowds because they all thought he was a prophet. So they come back to Jesus and say, we don't know. And Jesus says, okay, because you don't want to be honest, I just won't tell you where my authority comes from either. Because the fact is, they knew what Jesus was going to say. They, they're trying to trap Jesus here. They're not asking to genuinely know. And if they were asking to genuinely know, they would be honest themselves, but they're not honest. So then Jesus tells a parable. He says, what do you think? A man had two sons and the first said, he said to the first, Hey, go work in the vineyard. And the first says, sure, I'll do it. 
or, or he says, first, first guy says, no, I'm not going to serve in the vineyard. But afterwards, he changes his mind and he goes back. Then he's got this other son. He says, hey, go do it. And, and he says, okay, I will do it. And then he bails. Which one is the one who really did the will of the father? And it's like, well, it's the one who decided to work. Even though he rejected it once, he, he, he went back and did the work. And Jesus responds and he says, truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John, so he connects us back to John the Baptist. He says, for John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. John was righteous. He preached righteousness. But you people who love righteousness didn't listen to him. Then he says, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes, the sinners, they believed him. They turned from their sin. They started living righteous lives. They cared about God after this, but you didn't. It says, and even when you saw it, you did not afterwards change your minds and believe him. Even after you saw people turn from their sins, you still didn't believe in John because you were mad at him. You were jealous about this. And then he says, well, here another parable. If you want to be condemned further, here's another parable. There's a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and, and dug all these things so that it was just a great vineyard. And he lent it out to tenants. So people were renting it and they were getting some of the, the fruits and they were sending some of the fruits back um, to the master. And he says he kept sending servants over and over again to check on the progress. And the progress was bad. And the servants show up and they see that the progress is bad. And they keep killing these tenants. or the, the tenants keep killing the servants who come. And then he says, finally, I'll send my son. My son they got to respect my son. And then when the tenants, these renters of the field, see the master's son, the owner's son, come along, they say, let's kill him because we can take the inheritance. When the master's dead, we can just possess this land on our own. And Jesus says, have you never read the scriptures? And he quotes the scriptures. The stone that the builders have rejected had become the cornerstone. He's quoting right here. He's quoting Psalm 118, a very important passage um, that Jesus quotes a lot in the last week of his life. He says, the stone that the builders rejected had become the cornerstone. And this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people producing its fruits. That's the connection back to the fig tree. We're going to see more connections. But what's the point? These Jewish people, instead of embracing their Messiah, their son of David, their king, while some of the children did, right? Again, some of the children said, Hosanna to the son of David back earlier in this passage. But now he says, you guys who didn't embrace me, who are not bearing the right fruits, who didn't respond to John the Baptist, who've re repeatedly not responded correctly to me. Jesus says to them, the kingdom is going to be taken away from you. So these Jewish people who rejected Jesus, guess what Jesus does? He says, God has rejected you. You have not responded rightly and you're rejected by God. And this is all a part of God's plan. And Romans 9, 10, and 11 says, this was God's plan because you and me, if you're a Gentile like me, I'm not Jewish, but he says, you and me, Gentiles, we got to be included because these Jews rejected it. Now, one day, these Jews will embrace their Messiah, but now they've rejected him. And he says, because of the rejection, and Paul loves this, he says, because of the rejection of these Jews, so many Gentiles have been included. But think of the amazing thing that's going to happen when the Jews embrace Jesus. When they embrace Jesus, the kingdom is going to come. So, something good happened when they rejected him, but something even better is going to happen when they embrace him. 
So I think all the context here is talking Jesus to these Jewish people saying, you should have embraced me, but you didn't because you didn't embrace me because you religious leaders didn't embrace me and the tax collectors and the prostitutes turn from their sin. They're going to be in the kingdom, but you're not. And that's the warning for you and I. I think you might be saying, well, I'm not a part of this context. I'm not a Jewish person. But if you know the gospel and it's been presented to you day after day, year after year, and you've rejected it, well, then listen to the words. He says, I'll take the kingdom away from you and give it to somebody who will bear its fruits. Give it to somebody who wants to respond to Jesus with faith. It should be a warning to you. If you've never responded to Jesus with repentance and faith, you need to before the time is up for you. So that's our daily Bible reading. We'll see you back tomorrow for another daily Bible reading snapshot. Thank you.